Welcome to Business Unplanned, a small business podcast series from BMO. I'm Michael Hyatt, and in each episode, we'll talk to local entrepreneurs, hear their stories, learn from their setbacks, and pick up some new insights along the way. This week, we're talking making business adjustments with Randy Osei. Hey, Michael. Hey, Nisha. So who do we have for today's show? Today, we have Randy Osei. So Randy's a former basketball player who then turned that career path into an athlete manager who then turned that career path into his own management company called Rosé Management. And he runs multiple events through his company as well. Now, given that he's focusing on event management, it'll be really interesting to see how he had to adjust during these uncertain times. Oh, I definitely believe he has. Okay, so I think he's ready to come on. So let's get started. Randy, I'm watching the Rosie Management Book and Sneaker Drive charity game. Yeah, so that was, um, we did an, an alumni game. Oh, uh, yeah, that's high right. High school. We, we tied in uh, one of my projects, the Book and Sneaker Drive, where we, we right. host a bunch of events all across Ontario. Uh, cost of admission are, are people's books and sneakers. And then we take all the books and sneakers and we go to Africa and we donate them to orphanages and schools and essentially run workshops in Africa as well. So, you know, you said, you know, I, I was I was I was doing a bunch of research on you and, and you got a such an interesting backstory and, and what you've done uh, with the business, you, you know, and and the you have like a 12 part series on YouTube where you talk about your life and where you came from and what you've done. You know, I, I want to get to the business that you have today, but you said uh, basketball gave you direction. Mm-hmm. And it seems like basketball was a way for you to get uh, into something bigger and better and, and make that jump. How, how, how did that all happen? Wow. Um, wow. Back in 20, so moved to Brampton, went to high school here. I was recruited to a couple of schools in the U.S. I ended up going to Brandon University, which is in Manitoba, ended up transferring at the end of that year because our head coach got fired. And I decided that, you know, I was going to transfer to Wilfrid Laurier University. My time there was was, was a really good one. Um, I ended up leaving there after two years and uh, I went to Durham College. And before I even played my first game, I broke my foot. I was like, all right, what else is there? And I've right. always been a fan of the game. I really enjoy kids. I I really enjoy, you know, helping other people grow. Where did you make that jump to start this this company you started in sports and events management? After that summer, um, I had spent the summer with the kids. One of the kids was Anthony Bennett. Anthony um, had just was finishing up his first year at UNLV, and he was like, "I need a manager." I'm like, well, what's what's a manager, sir? Like, can you explain? He's like, "Just make sure I can focus on basketball." So, didn't know what I was doing. I had a friend that was working with Tristan Thompson, and I knew Tristan very well. So I took the time to go and visit Tristan, learn what his day-to-day was like. You know, he had a personal chef. He had a massage therapist come by the house. He did yoga during the season. Like, Tristan would make his bed every day. And I'm paying attention to how he was being a professional. And that really helped me segue into being Anthony's manager. Um, Anthony gets drafted, number one, 2013. Uh, two years later, I decided to launch Rosé Management. And I, and I think the biggest thing for me with Rosé Management was the fact that I was meeting so many different athletes. I was in rooms and in conversations that I would never thought I'd be in. 
and uh, I wanted to really house everything into one place. I was still working with Anthony. I was working with other players. You know, I was hosting small private dinners for athletes, and I was doing some sports marketing for some some clothing brands and fashion brands. And uh, October 2015, I was like, you know what? Let's let's start this. And I launched Rose Management then, and um, haven't looked back since. And your idea in the beginning of starting this business was I'm going to manage basketball players. Was that the very that was, first thing? That was the goal. That was the idea. As time went on, I realized working with one player was a lot. Working with multiple would be too much. So I, I decided that it, it makes more sense for me to take a step back from managing individual players, keep the relationships there, and you know work with the brands that want to work with players. Then how did you make this pivot to... Uh, doing events and sporting events in general from, from managing individual players? Like, and why did you make that jump? Because what you just said, or did you just get a few good events under your belt? Or it seems like you're, 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 you're migrating away from the original plan quite a lot. Right. Absolutely. I think, um, so when I launched my company, October, 2015, I knew All-Star Weekend was coming, right? All-Star Weekend in Toronto was four months away or three months away. So I was like, all right, I need to have some kind of presence. What kind of presence do I want to have? I decided to throw a party. So I threw a party, All-Star Thursday, probably one of the coldest Thursdays in Toronto. And the goal there was to just really see, you know, how much people we could really bring together. And by 12 that night, we were at capacity. Like we had to close our doors because it was it was rammed. Uh, later that year, you know, I, I started doing initiatives with my players to gain experience. Uh, one of the first initiatives was a, a turkey drive in the Jane and Finch community with Anthony Bennett. Um, we fed, I believe, 55 different families a full dinner and a gift card to one of the grocery stores here in Toronto. So we did that. We did a back to school campaign. And then we started hosting basketball camps. And I started, you know, learning more about events and, you know, what are the targets in events? What are the opportunities in events? How do you raise money through sponsorship? 2018, we launched a, uh, a step forward. A step forward was a, a influencer social media panel on how kids can use social media to, to, to build a better future. And we talked about mental health and so on and so forth. About 150 kids attended, and that just sparked my interest to continue to keep going. Um, so a, a lot of the work that we do now is around things that really just interest me and things that I'm passionate about. Uh, I'm a big community guy. You know, we've, 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 we've done a lot. We've done a lot. So let, let's talk about, you know, this past year and the transformation that you're going through, but we're all going through in a way together. Um, things are going well in your, in your events business, but, you know, March rolls around to this year and pretty much all events get stopped for everything. I mean, it is like a cliff. If I just bring your brain back to kind of like early March when this kind of happened, as I tell people, like on a Monday things were fine and on a Tuesday they were not. How did you? Well, how did you? How did you adjust to that? Like right away, what was your initial thought when it was like, you know, one call comes in, the next call comes in, everybody starts canceling everything. Like what was going through your head at that time? You know, I want to I want to bring this back to November 2019. Okay. At that point, we had just finished all three of our annual events from Innovate Her to the Athlete Tech Summit to the Do Your Part Celebrity Game. The biggest event we did was the Athlete Tech Summit because it just gained so much media attention. I wanted to grow it and I wanted to grow it fast. So I had the notion and the idea in November to bring Kobe Bryant to Toronto. Wow. January 26th, 
Kobe passes. And upon seeing that, that's when things for me, I began to look at things differently. Like things can change very quickly, Randy, and you need to have a contingency plan. So from January 26th, I'm always, since then, I've always created some kind of plan B. I believe it was March 2nd or 3rd. The, I, I was going to the gym with my best friend and he's like, Randy, COVID has hit Peel. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, COVID has hit Peel. It just came out on Twitter. Seeing that, the endorsement opportunity I was working on for one of the Raptor players, uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, I called the company and I said, hey, we need to speed this up and we need to shoot this commercial and get this content out ASAP. March 11th, uh, which also happened to be my best friend's birthday. We're at dinner and he's like, Randy, they just canceled the NBA season. So my mind starts racing. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. Like, what does this mean for the tech summit? What does this mean for Innovate Her? Essentially, the company came back and said, like, we need to pull this budget that we set for this to run the rest of our, our, our business and hopefully, you know, we could re-engage in the future. Innovate Her, which was March 21st, I was holding on to dear life. As time went on, COVID just continued to get worse and worse and worse and worse. So we canceled everything. Um, the Athlete Tech Summit, we're supposed to, we're supposed to have a, a conference in May. We're also supposed to have a conference in August. Just really messed up a lot of, a lot of the plans that we had for 2020. And, uh, yeah, threw off a lot of things. So how were you doing personally? Tell me about you as an individual. How did you take on that weight? It just went from you were kind of a top of the world to suddenly everything's out of your control getting canceled. And then you were onto a hot streak right there. I mean, <laughs> those things are amazing what you just yeah. said. And then suddenly everybody pulls and you and everybody else couldn't do a thing about it. Mm -hmm. uh, how, tell me about how you were feeling about that personally. The, the first feeling I felt was anger. Right. I was just like, really, like, really, 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 really. I mean, last year, you know, with, with the tech summit, we weren't able to raise a lot of money in hosting it, but we we're still able to pull it off. And, you know, when we went to talk to a lot of sponsors, they were like, well, you don't have a proof of concept. You've never done this before. So when we did it and we did it at a high level and everyone saw it, we're like, all right, we're going to go back to those same people and the dollar price has now gone up. So I'm looking at it from that angle. And, you know, with COVID, you know, the first feeling I, I felt was was anger. Then the next feeling I felt was, okay, like, what's next? Like, what can we do or what can't we do? You know, we saw people moving into virtual online platform for their events. We saw We saw a lot of things happening. And for me, I wanted to find a way to stay relevant and still make sure that we're putting out organic and uh, real content. So one of the first things I did was I, I launched a IG live series every Tuesday where we brought in athletes to talk about sports, entrepreneurship, technology, culture. And one of the big things that we talked about was the last dance and Michael Jordan. And, you know, how a lot of those things correlated to, to, to the things that are happening now. But th that launching that nine weeks ago gave me purpose. It gave me something to look forward to every day, every week. Like, all right, every day, every Tuesday, sorry, 6 p.m., I have something to do. It gives me stuff to plan. Like, it, it just kind of gave me structure again. And for me, especially the type of entrepreneur that I am, I need structure. If I don't have structure... I'm all over the place. Nothing gets done because 
because as you said, Michael, I'm in so many different things. If I don't have structure and my, my, my process isn't streamlined, it throws me off. And um, hosting, you know, the IG live series every Tuesday really gave me structure and brought me structure. I um I've been telling entrepreneurs for a little while now, and it feels like every month is a year. And the longer we stay in this, the more that we're going to get a kind of uh, just used to the change. But um, I told people something. I said, look, for the past decade or so, we've want to be on a peacetime footing. And the peacetime footing is this, you know, since the last recession that occurred in kind of 08 and 09, after that banking crisis, you know, everything every year just got a bit better. And there's a lot of liquidity in the markets, a lot of venture capital, people are moving, selling, buying, traveling. Actually being a CEO for the past 10 years, prospectively is actually being easy compared to now. We've mm-hmm. gone from a peacetime footing to a wartime footing. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that going to becoming a wartime CEO or founder versus a peacetime CEO happens extremely quickly. And this is where I've said, okay, do you have a COVID negative company or a COVID positive company? And there's mm-hmm. only two sides to this barbell. And the ones that are negative are the people that had all the revenue stopped and they couldn't find a way out or they had all the revenue stopped. And could they make the pivot to find get to the other side of the barbell? Because in the beginning, unless you were selling hand sanitizers and face masks, <laughs> you weren't positive, right? Right. And right. now apparently it's face shields. I should get it right, right? Right. But and I can't imagine wearing one of those, by the way. But I <laughs> but I I just I I mean I look like Boba Fett badly enough from Star Wars. I mean yeah. you know, but I feel like so crazy going into the uh stores with everything on. But I but I think now it's like how do we pivot to this wartime footing and then who and what do we have to be to make it through now? Because the way I see this is that we might be here for another 12, 24 months. I don't know when a vaccine's coming. I don't know when I can have an event. I mean, I think we're going to play basketball again, but with no fans. And like, what does that mean? So like, have you thought about, okay, we're at war. I'm at a wartime footing. You know, what's my new mindset? How am I going to get it done? I mean, you just talked about structure, which I think is really appropriate that you're bringing back structure every week like like what are the things are you like concretely doing right now to kind of get into this new wartime footing because you know you and i don't know when this is going to end absolutely for me right now i'm i'm looking at things that are a lot more sustainable right i'm looking at esports i'm looking at uh Mm -hmm. real estate investing i'm looking at you know tech and getting athletes involved there to say you know how how i'm staying afloat and moving forward. I've registered for some online classes, marketing innovative products and services and the use of data in in marketing. I'm now enamoring myself and ensuring that, you know, I know all of these key terms and strategies when it comes to marketing so that whenever, whenever we come out of this, I'm able to not only tell a story of resilience, but also speak to how you can use assets that aren't readily available, but, you know, with the right strategies can help you be successful. And now a message from our sponsor. You're listening to Business Unplanned, a small business podcast series from BMO. Make sure you subscribe for more conversations, learning and insights, or visit our small business hub at bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. There you'll find helpful articles and videos for any stage of business, whether you're starting out, expanding, or looking for advice. I recommend the latest content series on crisis planning, which in this current age is more relevant than ever. 
There's an expansive e-guide that you can download absolutely free with chapters about cash flow crisis or even applying for government grants. And there's four companion workbooks to help you get started. So if you want to see your business one step ahead, visit bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. Get in the time machine with me and let's travel back to a long time ago called March 1st, <laughs> you know, okay. which seems like three years ago right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you and I both know what we know today. Right. Let's just focus on your business and what you're doing. If you knew now what you, uh, back in March 1st, you knew it was coming, you knew all MBA was going to be stopped, and you knew you had to make a change because you knew we just couldn't get together as people right now for a long time. What would you do if you if you could make moves on March 1st or even a bit before, even January 1st or beyond? Like, what what would you start to do? What would you have done? Have a plan C. Um, <laughs> plan B may plan B may not be enough. Um, I would definitely, um, you know, look at implementing different insurances to protect myself and protect our our interests in, in different spaces. Do you, do you think you do you think you would have had more? more focused on digital so you were kind of weighted between events and digital a little better yeah i mean i think i think for it, it, it would have been it would have been tough because even when you host events you know you're looking at sponsorship signage and all of these things right. never ever would you think that you wouldn't be able to, to to sponsor an event or you'd have to you know look at things from a different lens you make a great point. You say plan C because plan B is pretty much what anybody would ever do. And sometimes people don't even have a plan B. Mm-hmm. But C is that like, I don't know anybody who said last year at a board meeting, what if a pandemic hit and we had to shut down all businesses? Like that wasn't on the radar for anybody. Nobody. Right? right. But if you and I were to give advice just to people in general, how to better plan for plan C, which means that you know, I don't know. The economy was stopped, which, by the way, I don't ever think capitalism was meant to be stopped, but it was. So this is a big experiment. Like, what what, what would we tell people to plan on? Like, what would we tell people to think about? I would think about and get people to um, look at their business model, hmm. pay attention to um, upcoming trends, paying attention to um, trends that are leaving. Right. Um, I just read a great book by Jeremy, I can't say his last name, but he's from Toronto. And it's a book called Bigger and Faster. He okay. talks about convergence. He talks about uh, repetition. He talks about how chaos creates new things. And we're in chaos right now. Right. Right. He talks about, you know, treat things that go left as if, you know, a, a meteorite just hit earth again and the dinosaurs were still here like or the the dinosaurs have now become extinct so it it, it causes you to think outside the box um it's almost like when there's an event it creates an opportunity a window for us to go through absolutely and we should be kind of open to that idea of everything's got to change absolutely i think you would also look look back at when similar things have happened Mm -hmm. so it's 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 to me it's not so much like, oh, man, what is our what is our plans? Just pay attention. Pay attention to what's happening. Like you you can't plan for everything. Not everything's always going to go according to plan. Um, but it's important that you're paying attention to the trends that are on the rise and the trends that are on the decline, because you can find some opportunity to build on something new or create something new. So I think that's one of the biggest things is just make sure that you're aware of what 
your 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 industry looks like right and for me in in the event space and, and marketing space and community space all of that has changed but one thing that hasn't changed is people still want content people still want to hear from some of their favorite people how do we still bring those worlds together when we physically can't be together I used to give keynote speeches. I used to travel around the U.S. and Canada. I'd fly mm-hmm. somewhere. I'd have a steak. I'd get up. I'd talk to a big crowd. I'd meet everybody. I'd leave, right? right? I was having a lot of fun doing that. But that entire business, as of like kind of March, whatever, just went to zero in a second, 100% gone. But that entire business had to go to digital. Mm-hmm. And the reason it had to go to digital is not only that's the only way to communicate directly with one to many or a group of people, but there is no end in sight. We don't know when I can talk to um a thousand people again or whatever in one room so if we say that you know we want to stay in the line of sports marketing um what seems to be coming back right now is i believe and you can correct me you know more than me but the nba is coming back now and it's going to be no fans and i believe it's going to be pretty pretty tightly controlled but the games are happening let's agree that sports is coming back as in we can watch a game Mm -hmm. right and let's agree that um, the only way to make connections and do stuff is a digital transformation, right? Mm-hmm. But what I tell people is like, look, the digital transformation naturally was supposed to take five to 10 years. It all happens now because it has to. So we had 10 years, fast forward into eight months, and it's all happening, mm-hmm. right? If you had to be totally digital, what would that mean? Like, how would you do that? Oh, what would that mean? Hosting of online events. I mean, we just we just finished a online event this past Saturday, uh, two Saturdays in a row, June 6th and 13th. The Innovate Her event that was supposed to happen March 21st. I moved to a virtual uh, platform. And we You've had mentioned about- that a few times. What is Innovate Her? So Innovate Her is an event um, for women entrepreneurs uh, to support them through storytelling, networking, and giving them resources. Um, I launched that event last year. After seeing that the Canadian government had put out about $30 million to female founders, $100,000 each to 300 female founders, only three of those female founders were black out of that $30 million. Yeah. Um, so seeing that, I was like, wait, what? This, 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 this what happened? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Literally put the event together, had about 100 people attend. Yeah. This year, we were aiming for 200 people. And we obviously moved to a a virtual platform and we had about 800 people over Mm -hmm. the two weekends, which was great. Um, But that's that's Innovate Her. So I I strongly believe that our business would just move online. Right. So that part of our business, that would stay there. The other piece to to our business is, you know, providing business development services. Right. So, you know, setting up a lot of meetings and because I'm so connected, I'm able to help a company raise capital, uh, engage their marketing, introduce them for different sales opportunities, so on and so forth. So with the world going digital, Rose management is digital. We don't need to be somewhere to make something happen. How are you going to get focused? I listen to you and mm-hmm. you're such a smart guy and you're so effusive. Like you, you, you seem to have incredible energy and passion and drive to to get focused um and then you say you know maybe i'm in these sports maybe i'm into real estate investing tech online classes you got a lot going on in your head mm-hmm. it seems to me 
like, you know, I remember watching, uh, listen to Kasparov play chess. He's one of the best chess players ever. And he says, uh, always go in having a plan, even if it's a bad one, have a plan, you mm-hmm. know, and I just wonder, you know, is if you should choose one or two of those things and, you know, put those through the sausage grinder, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Like, you I know love what? your first one, your esports idea. That mm-hmm. That's a massive growing industry. <laughs> and, and if people don't know about it, I mean, can you tell people about this esports? I mean, is yeah. if we're talking the same thing as me, is like a bunch of guys playing World of Warcraft. It's, it's and literally it's people playing video games and streaming themselves playing video games. That's and all this that's is happening. Serious stuff. Tell people yeah. this is serious stuff. Like this it's is the money crazy. that's being thrown at it. Yeah, is because it goes back to my, one of my original points: is content, right? right? How many eyeballs can you get on your screen? If I can get right. a million people to watch this right now, how much right. is that worth? Right. Yeah. That's what esports is, is is bringing people together. You know, people have launched all these different platforms. Esports is literally just bringing people together and paying to be seen. But, but they're not but they're not going to be brought together anymore. They're just going to be virtual, which is kind Sorry. of for a lot of people the same thing. Right. Brought, brought but, together virtually. But if you told me you're going to get into the kind of digital management of esports players, I mean, that's interesting, right? That's a different ballgame, yeah. As, and especially the athletes, the, the professional athletes, not the esports athletes. When COVID hit, a lot of them were just at home. They had nothing to do. Well, they let me ask you this. To do. There's a saying in business which goes, dance with who you brought. And which means that basically, do what you do best. Mm-hmm. So if I just stopped you for a second and said, well, what do you do best? If you could just kind of drive it into kind of one thing, what would you think it is? Hmm. Bringing people together. I think that that's it. <laughs> so how does that how does that play digitally now where you and I can't do that physically? Well, we, we work with different platforms that allow us to bring people together. We work with a lot of people that have a lot of influence. So we use them to bring people together and make money that way. So I, I would say that would probably be my my strength is bringing people together with the use of, of talent and, and strategy as well. This year, even this year for the tech summit, we're, we're pivoting. Um, last year was an event to, to bring athletes to the Canadian tech scene for business opportunities. I'm looking to use the Athlete Tech Summit to help support the black tech community. So using, you know, the social capital of athletes, bringing the, you know, the, the, the tech community together to build the black tech community, right? Um, right. Anti-black racism strategies that are, have been put in place by the Ontario government I'm using that framework to build the tech summit and using and working with our athletes that we have relationships with and the tech community to build and, and, and grow the next generation of tech entrepreneurs or talent. You know, when, when people think tech, they get scared because they don't know. They don't know the opportunities that are there. Like Toronto is one of the best places in tech talent. Like our AI it is one of the best places. And, 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 and would you share my conviction on that, where I think one of the issues is that we need to create more black role models. Absolutely. You know? and, and one of the things that I, I, I thought would be very instructive here is, like, can we cut off young people at age 13 and 14 and get them to come in to get this mentorship? One of the things that we found out at University of Toronto, the Creative Destruction Lab, is we wanted more females into tech. So what mm-hmm. we decided to do was only bring in females that were 13 and 14 to try to convince them at a very young age that here's your role models and this is where you got to go. And we've done it every year and it's a kind of a 10 year plan. But wow, is it working? Wow. And, and the idea was, was if we just bring uh, women in at age 25, they kind of maybe chosen their path. Like why don't we Already. 13? Yeah. 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 So like, what do you what do you think? Is there a way? 
to kind of get youth involved, which you've done in, in basketball and stuff, but in the tech community, is there a way to cut the path off early? Absolutely. I think you hit it right on the head. You know, you, you, you bring these kids in at an early age and you continue to send them information on what's happening, where the opportunities are. We live in a country that anything is possible, although there may be like oppression and systemic issues that we sure. can't necessarily get over or, or just jump over. It's, it's not going to be that easy. There are people that are working for you and trying to bring you to the table, you know, um, a lot of my work, you know, the, the, the athlete tech summit, because I, I got into the tech community because of my relationships with athletes, I was working on innovate her. And, um, one of the companies that I worked with for the athlete tech summit exports development of Canada, they uh -huh. only know me because of the athlete tech summit. And I said, Hey, we're hosting this event for women founders. I think this makes sense. I would love for you guys to come and do a presentation and they came and they did it. Right. So being able to bridge those small gaps um, between the two uh, starts with initiatives like what you guys are doing at the University of Toronto. It, it, it's, you know, getting kids to sign up for online webinars and making tech easy and digestible, showing and allowing kids to, 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 to hear from a Norman Powell, who is someone that they, oh, my God, I love Norman Powell. If Norman Powell gets on a stage and you're sitting here and you're listening to Norman Powell, and Norman Powell says, hey, explore tech if you love norman powell you're gonna probably just take a look because norman said it right so it's using that social capital it's using you know uh the gaps within that community and bringing the two together as much as I, i'm you know as an entrepreneur you know the, the goal is to make money I, I think for me it's it's finding different ways to have an impact and being able to match profit and purpose if i can right. do those two things then i, th I feel i've done my job and no, although I don't even know what my job is, but <laughs> I feel I've done my part. <laughs> but, let's, but let's just go back to that part, because mm -hmm. I love how you speak with purpose and passion and on, on a topic which is so important and so critical and so underserved. Right. And, and so mm -hmm. how do we how do we kind of say, OK, look, um, here's our business. And 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 I kind of I kind of say that you create this business where you're kind of like you want to show people your leadership and you building this business and you executing really well. And then kind of around that, you have your movements that you're trying to do on a kind of a more philanthropic front. Mm -hmm. But if I kind of pressed you straight into creating um, a digital version of who you are and what you're doing to create wealth so that you can do these charities and do these things, how, how would you see that interplay happening? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I feel like, I may get to a point where I may have to hire an assistant um, <laughs> to kind of lighten the workload and, um, you know, maybe a project manager um, over the next couple of months. Um, we'll see what kind of funding streams come out from the Canadian government. Right. Right. If we're able to secure some funds outside of revenue to put more of a, a streamlined process of the things that we want to do together. That's, that's one way that I could see things coming together and, and building and growing for the future. Um, Would you ever just focus on esports, for example, or just take one line and say, this is how we're going to build our business over this one digital transformation? I, I thought about that. I honestly thought about that and, and COVID forced me to think about that. Um, but I would get bored. 
By just doing one. Just doing one. I would honestly get for it. You like the fact I, I saw your eyes light up when you said you kind of in this part of the year I do this, and then I do this this part of I think you you get excited about having all these different projects. Absolutely. If that's that's who and what you are, that's Absolutely. what you want to do. I think that that's what makes me different. Okay. As a as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a you know, community activist is I'm doing what I want. So yeah. I'm able to go and talk talk about climate change because you know what we brought 850 people together to watch a basketball game it was just a basketball game but we were drawing and and driving awareness to climate change and ways for people to reduce their carbon footprint this is something that affects all let me let me let me let me push you to the kind of larger topic right Mm -hmm. now of okay so you and i get into business together right now for the next 12 months and we're going to pick one digital transformation because you and i are in the same boat which is COVID sucks and I don't know when it's going. And I don't know when I can go get, get back together. I don't even know. My buddy's turning, front of my turning 50 and I want to have a party for him. But I, I told him he can only invite two people to <laughs> <in> my backyard <laughs> and we have to order in food and sit apart. Right. And, you know, so like it, it's difficult, right? My grandmother is over 100 years old and I can't oh, visit wow. her. Yeah, I wow. can't. And this maybe last year of her life, I'm calling and trying to get on video and like all of us have this precious time, right? And it's all, it's, we're all in the same boat are called like, what are we going to do? But I just want to get you to focus on one thing for a second here, because I think this is seminal and important. Like I'm, I'm kind of maybe indirectly trying to kind of ask you, what is the digital transformation that you could make for the next 12, 24 months that allows you to do well in business and then also affect the change that you want to make? Yeah. I think continue to be the community work. Okay. The community work because um, I also have a nonprofit, so that's how I'm able to write grants and so on and so forth. The community work still allows me to still touch on all of those things, but now the focus is just the community. It, the focus is on, you know, growing and, and developing people um, as opposed to growing and developing marketing strategies, right? Um, so I think that if I were to have to pick one, Michael, it would be that it would just be a, a, a community leader activist um, that uses his relationships to build his community. Randy, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been just an amazing open dialogue. I, I've listened to you and I, and I spent a bunch of time before this going through your business and, and what you're doing. Here's my advice about you and your business. Um, you're in a area where you do a lot of live events, a lot of live shows, and you're in that side of the kind of COVID formula where everything gets stopped. And you're in that formula where you have to figure out how to pivot everything because it wasn't like you were a digital company and it was an easy transformation. Right. Um, my, my, my strong advice to you um, is to pick a few horses and kind of back them in a the sense that I think that it would be really good if you get a little focused, pick a few things, and 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 double down and triple down on them. I'd love what you had to say about trends because trend is your friend. And if you can figure out a couple of trends, like we just discussed esports and we discussed you know different ideas you had and how you could pivot that uh, pivot more digitally. Um, I didn't like the idea of you going into real estate because I think you'll get bored and you know unless you wanted to stop everything and just sell apartments or whatever. I, I just get the sense that that wasn't you. You just threw that up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you take an online class, but that's personal development. Mm-hmm. But my biggest advice for you in your business is to figure out how to do what you do, but successfully digitally. Here's why. Because I think your business is going to come back. I think we are going to, to quote the queen, we are going to be together again. And we are going to get together again. And when that happens, 
guess what? Randy has an incredible digital platform that's doing really well. And oh, yeah, I'm back to what I know and I can get people together for games and everything else. Mm. So I would really push you to become exceptional digital. You are everything digital for the next 12, 24 months. But when we're allowed to come back together, when that vaccine is out and things have calmed down, your business is going to double and triple and uh, quadruple because you now have both sides of the equation. And I don't think we're ever going back to where we were. I believe a digital transformation will now forever be part of what you do and how you bring people together. So I think you just take this time to become amazing at that and then bring back your live events when you can. I definitely, definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to 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 build and and grow and focus energy uh, uh, a lot more on digital transformation. Let's let's become a digital company and let's find ways to continue to bring people together digitally. Thanks for listening to Business Unplanned, a small business podcast series from BMO. Join us next time where we'll be discussing business loans with the GG Sisters. You don't want to miss it, so subscribe now. And for other resources, stop by our small business hub at bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. 